And today's message is from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. And it's only one verse. And so many of you may think that, oh, Pastor Mike, who doesn't know how to get down when he holds the mic, but today might be that day, that day where he preaches only out of one verse. But who knows what God is going to do right through this one verse. And though uh, the verse is not very long, uh, and yet our church has tradition, right, where if we begin at 2 p.m., we end at 8 p.m., right? And so I don't think there's any reason to break that tradition just because the verse is short. But anyways, first, let's read this word together. Shall we read it all in one voice? Proverbs 14, verse 4. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Amen. And so I went to Africa in 2012, December, and somehow it's been 10 years. And I'm not trying to uh, say goodbye or, or a report to you, but uh, let's just... Let's just, um, I'll just give you summaries of this and this and this and this. And so don't assume that just because it's one verse that I'm going to be short, but rather let us seek the presence of God. And I want to share with you the anointing that I received in Africa. And so in 1977, when I was in a senior in high school, I immigrated to America. When I immigrated to America, I made a decision. And what that decision was is, is that, that I will never go back to Korea. Now, it's not because I hated Korea. It's not because I didn't like Korea. No. But rather, what I saw in the... What I saw in the newspapers were stories of people who went to America with this American dream, but failed and then came back to Korea. And so when I saw that, I didn't want to have this kind of disgusting immigration, that if I'm going to immigrate, then I'm going to succeed no matter what. And so, so if I'm going to America with my parents, then I'm going to bury my bones in America, that I'm not coming back to Korea in, as a failure. That was kind of my determination when I left. And then in 1985, I came back quickly to find a wife. And then in 2006, I finally met with Zoe Ministry and Pastor Mino Kim. And now, of course, God always has plans for me. And so I didn't know what that plan was. And because of that plan, I came back to Korea. I, I gave up my pastoral ministry in, in, in Colorado Springs and came to, came to America, or came back to Korea. And then in 2012, when I was sent to Africa, I went to Africa with the same heart that I'm going to bury my, be buried in Africa, that I'm not coming back. Now, of course, if God moves me, who knows? But I'm not going to come back because I don't want to be there anymore. That's, not, that's never going to be the case for me. That was my determination. And even now, that determination is filling my heart. And so either way, 10 years has passed by. And as I said earlier, uh, I still have this desire and hope that more and more people will come to Africa. And so I welcome you to Africa. Please come. 
because I want to see you go out to the nations in Africa. And right now, this Sunday worship is also being preached to, to uh, Africa. And, and as I was watching that live stream, I saw Deacon Park uh, being told by Pastor Kim during one of the sermons to go to, to Africa, right? And then, so anyways, so Pastor Park, or Deacon Park, Deacon Park, finally, my prayer is coming alive. I think that was last, and so next year, April, you're going to come to Africa, yes? Deacon Park. Deacon Park, now it's time for you to give up the uh, calling for reunification to someone else. Entrust that somewhere else, okay? Uh, the stage is too small. Now let's, let's, let's go to the continent rather than a small nation. And so, anyways, I will continue to pray for you. And with that same determination that I have, that oh, I'm going to bury my bones in Africa. Okay, and so one thing, a joke that I have is as I was back, as we were back in the old um, temple, remember I had a sabbatical a couple years ago. And as the sabbatical was coming to an end, it was time for me to go home. And I was in the conference, I was in the uh, sanctuary and I was praying and I saw Tuan. And I said, Tuan, hey, oh, the time is coming. And what time? What do you mean, what time? What do you mean, what time? The time for me to take you to Africa with me. And he's like, what? That finally, this special sign is coming to me. I've been praying for you. And so after the sabbatical, now that the sabbatical is over, it's time for me to go back. Uh, I want you to be ready to go with me. And he's like, me go to Africa? And then he's like, why should I go to Africa? Elder Choi. Mm. He said, why should I go to Africa? And I said, hey, you did spirituality here in this church. You were serving in this church. Why did you do that? You should go out to serve. Do you know how many people out there in Africa need you? And I said, I'm going to take it to Africa. And he said once again, Pastor, why should I go to Africa? And I said, you stay still. I'll talk to Pastor Mino Kim. And, and Pastor Mino Kim, for the most part, uh, agrees with me whenever I make a suggestion. And so I'm going to go to Pastor Mino Kim and say, hey, I want to take Toan with me. And so you just stay, sit still. And then Pastor Mino Kim will talk to El, your father, and the father will come to you and will tell you. And so you just sit still. And then so when the announcement comes that Tawana is going to go to Africa with Pastor Mike, then all you have to do is say, Amen, okay? And he's like, Pastor, he started crying. Pastor, how can I go to Africa? And because he didn't go to Africa, he got married. And then, oh, wow, okay. He got married because so that he didn't he didn't have to go. Now that you're married, it's time for you to go. Oh, the time has come. When when you were alone, when you're single, it was kind of hard. Oh, that's why you found a wife. It's time for you to go now.
And then so the ne- couple days later, I went to Tawan and I said, hey, I'm sorry, I was just joking around with you. But hey, Tawan, can you forgive me? If you can forgive me, say amen in a loud voice. I don't think he's forgiving me. One more time. Can you forgive me? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so why am I saying all this? Forgiveness. Uh, before I came, um, I was actually having a really hard time. Uh, there was a lot of um, confusion, a lot of um, things that happened, and the situations, the circumstances was not very good, and I, I was unable to forgive. And so, but as I was speaking with someone, uh, we, the topic came to forgiveness. And as I was looking at myself, and as Jonah said in his um, testimony, when it comes to forgiveness, forgiveness is very difficult, isn't it? Uh, as believers, we are not supposed to have anyone be our enemy. And yet when we live our lives, there seems to be so many enemies around us, right? And what does this mean then? Okay. Going beyond just forgiving our enemies, we are supposed to not even make enemies. But what do we find in ourselves is that not only do we make enemies, we find it very difficult to forgive them, even though we know the will of God, and yet we cannot live out that will very easily. Uh, as a missionary, as a pastor, as a servant of, soul, as of human souls, I went to Africa, and yes, I did serve. Yes, I did love. And as much as possible, I tried to be understanding. I made every effort to do so. Now, of course, that may have been my human effort. And yet, there were times where it was so hard to forgive. And I would forget, I would comfort myself like this, that, ah, uh, that's why they say that our oh, missionaries is so difficult. And that other missionaries had the same thing. And so it's okay. It's, and, and it's okay. I'm the victim. I'm just simply the victim. That, I, I, that what happened is just unfair to me. And so I kept comforting myself. Now, of course, at times I would think of God. And I would think of the forgiveness of God. And yet it was so difficult to practice that forgiveness. And those circumstances would continually um, collide within me. And actually, that's one of my weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is the fact that I am not able to forgive. And that's something that I'm really praying about, Lord. Lord, help me to have the heart of Jesus. That that may my heart be a well-watered garden. And, And I'm praying for that person who has hurt me so, that, Lord, that that person would throw away his wickedness and repent and return to you, Lord. Because he is someone who has wanting to die for you. And so this is what's torturing me. I know that this isn't God's will, but it's so difficult to accept. But I need to break through. If I stop here, then it's going to influence my missionary work throughout my life. And so I'm praying. And brothers, I ask you to pray for me. That Pastor Mike, that Pastor Mike would be able to embrace more and more people. It's not easy. It's not as easy as words seem. 
but I want to forgive and I want to be forgiven. And so I, I stand before you on this place and ask you to pray for me. And also, if by any chance that I have offended you, I ask for forgiveness. Pastor, oh, when you said this, you offended me. When you did this, I was hurt. There are some of you who may feel this way. I know it. Please forgive me. And, and when I go back to Africa, I want to face these trials before me with a new attitude. So please pray for me. Amen. Please pray for me. And so as I said earlier regarding the sale of the center is that situation. But now I would like to talk to you about Eswatini. Okay. Uh, from the Korean uh, council, they keep giving us contacts. Talking about how uh, trucks are being hijacked and... And also uh, in uh, the market, um, there were these people who came, brought, brought weapons and shot the security guards and the police guards. And as you well know, there was um, a great, there was a great riot and uh, last year. And I reported this to Pastor Kim and Pastor Kim said, in a month, it's not going to go longer. And after about 21 days, it did calm down. But right now, there's still a time of unrest. There's still a lot of unrest. And, and schools are constantly being interrupted. And so schools are unable to, to run because of all this interference. And so please pray for Eswatini because the situation is not very good. Now, during the riots, there was one time where we had to go to the market. And so carefully, I drove out to Mbabane. And everywhere you could feel this tension. And you could see all the markets that the Arabs were running were already broken down and, and, and were closed. And so... And so I went to the UN headquarters and already like all the um, traffic signs were broken. People are throwing rocks and cops are everywhere. And they're, and they're uh, waving these batons and they're shooting something and I didn't know what they were shooting. And I didn't care about what direction I was. I was scared and so I started to, I started to go the other way and in the air, I could hear these guns going off, being shooting, and, and it, it was terrifying. And these kinds of situation is still going on in Eswatini right now. And so these are the circumstances, and I share this with you so that you will continue to pray. Amen. And when I look at the news that the president of the Korean uh, council in Eswatini sends me, uh, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, they're trying to protect the business of the Arab people. And the problem here is, is, because, is because the king is being bribed by these Arabians. And so there's this place where they cannot 
do business, but because of the bribes that the Arabians, Arabians are giving to the king, uh, these Arabians are giving special treatment and special protection. And so the people know this. And because the people know this, they're seeing the corruption. And because of that corruption, they are, they are getting angry. They're getting angry. And because of that anger, it exploded into those riots. And so during those riots, do you, what, what happened was they started targeting Arab businesses, Arab um, commerce. And about 10 kilometers away from our center, there was um, a petroleum station, a petrol station there. And, it, and when I went there, everything was burnt down to the ground. And so a lot of the Arabs were being attacked at that time. But anyways, that's the circumstances that are going on right now. And we want it to come down. And so please pray. And uh, I brought Pastor Menzi and Gembe this time. And they have received much grace. And they were very filled with great graciousness, uh, especially to the church. And as we said, mentioned earlier, to the hosting team and to the team that was cooking. Uh, they will really want to give thanks. And Pastor Gembe is, is a woman of prayer. She has no husband, but she does have one daughter. Uh, it was before she came to Christ and she repented. And after repentance, she became the servant of God. And she's been with me for about nine years now. And... Um, for a time, she was, uh, had a very great difficulty getting adjusted to Zoe ministry. And she didn't really like a lot of the things that I said. But after a while, she received a vision and, and she became all in. And, and as she came all in, she received this confirmation of the truth of Zoe ministry. And she kept having, and, and so now she's been with me for nine years. And even during the coronavirus, even during the coronavirus, uh, though the government ordered a shutdown of all church activities, she was able to continually have service because her house is in a very remote place. And so they were always able to have worship during in her house during, during the coronavirus. And, and she is someone who has a heart for Israel. And so she worships during the Sabbath. And I, I visited several times when she had Sabbath worships. And when you go to her house, she has menorahs, um, Israel, Israeli flag, um, the calendar of the Hebrew. And so like she's very interested in Israel. And she is strong in leadership. And she has the gift of service. And above all else, she is someone who will not uh, compromise with false truths. And so, and so though, uh, and so I, that's why I, I recommended her for the overseership. And then Pastor Menzi uh, of Bethlehem Church, uh, he, he, he's also been with me for about nine years now. And, um, Though he may be very big, he is very um, soft, and he has a very humble heart. He has no greed, but when he preaches the word, he doesn't. He witnesses without um, any, um, without any compromise. And his church, his church, has uh, several members. Uh, he's got about 170 members, 
And in their building, their building is uh, made of corrugated steel. So, so it's like, it's really um, not a good building, but, and I'm not helping him at all financially, but they, but they gathered money. And as they were gathering money to build, uh, their church members brought money and, and, and then they finally decided to build a building. But as they were building the building, uh, what happened was um, they ran into some trouble. And so they, through that trouble, they were unable to, uh, they were unable to, they were unable to build and they lost all that money. And because they lost all that money, what happened was, is that he lost a lot of his members, 70 members of his church left. And, and, and so during this whole process, I was not with him and, and as, and as he was, and then I noticed though that he was, he was all of a sudden downcast. And as he was downcast, I looked, I asked him, "What's going on? What's going on?" And and he he looked at me and told me what was going on. And then and then, but I noticed that he was so downtrodden by this. He was so upset that seventy members left. And I said, in the middle of MB class, I said to him, "Pastor, Pastor, don't be sad." Okay, these 70 people leaving, it's better for you that they left. And then also what your church members would should know is that this is an opportunity to come together, come together to pray and to comfort you. It's not your fault, right? And so if they were blaming you, then it's good that they left. And those kinds of people leaving will make room for the people who God uh, prepares to come in. And so through that, he was loosened and was comforted. And through Galatians, he was set free. And, and as he participated in this recent conference, you know, we had seven sessions, right? After the second session, during the, t- during the rest, uh, he was sleeping in the room right next to us. And there was a balcony. And as I was sitting on the balcony, he was also in the balcony. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor Mike, I've made a determination this time. And I asked him what? When I go back to my church, I'm going to um, rebuild my church. And so he received grace. And I said, first build a team of prayer. As if in 2006, when, when I also said, oh, I need to receive, I need to do a new church, right? Because I had 70, I had 70 people at our church. And when I met with Zoe Ministry, 30 people left. And I said, look, 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 I'll leave. You don't leave. And so I left and I came to Korea. And the same thing came to my mind. And so I said to Pastor Menzi, Pastor Menzi, first build a prayer team. Okay. You cannot, you cannot send everyone out or you cannot go out right away. There may be things that will shake in. But if you do not have the support of prayer, then this is dangerous. And so first, build a prayer team and pray for the church. And so when the word of truth is proclaimed, you cannot sit still, can you? Right? Because the Dabar authority moves. It moves. And I have experienced this personally. And so I understand Pastor Menzi's heart 100% that, that, oh, I can no longer be a pastor in this way. And 
and even before I came to Korea, I kept, I kept, I kept making fun of Pastor Menzi. Okay, so I I kept making fun of him because he was something. He has something in his church that that was not right with the truth, right? Um, I'm not entirely sure what it is. I think political party, but but I'm not positive. Anyways, but and so anyways, he was he was kind of pierced by these words, and, and so and so he has made a determination. And anyways, and so um, as I was preaching MBA of Galatians. I said to the brothers, Africa, your your seminary background may not be that great. And many of you, I know, don't even have a degree. Of the pastors I've met, only about 20 to 30% have actually passed through uh, three years of seminary and have that certification. Most of them are just called pastors as they serve in the church. And honestly, I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. Whether you're a pa- whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. Whether you graduate from seminary or not, that's not what's important. But what is important, what I want to say, is that if Zoe Ministry is true to you, then cut everything else. You've been, been with me for about ten years. At, at the most, and at the very least, five years. How much longer are you just going to be standbys? Are you just going to be um, spectators? If you're just going to be spectators, then you don't need to be here. And uh, in the past, there was 30, 50 people in the classes, and, and just anyone would come, and I would welcome anyone. Anyone could come in the midst. It doesn't matter, because I, I, I didn't care. I was just trying to meet with people. But after coronavirus, now... Only uh, uh, people that I have chosen, I have selected after coronavirus. Uh, it's only the people that I selected. And even still, do you know what ha- fills my heart? Is that oh, I can no longer go like this. When I first began MB, I, I heard, for example, like this. That uh, on Thursday, they would come to MB. On Tuesday, they would go somewhere else, and then they would go somewhere else Saturday. I would hear these newses, and I couldn't stop them. Why? Because I needed to give them time to know what Zoe Ministry is, and I needed to show them what Zoe Ministry was. And so I was patient for them, waited for them to, to decide on their own whether this is the truth or not. And so I had to wait at first, but no longer. No longer was that the case, was it? And so I spoke to the pastors there that no longer will I go in this way. That even if only one person is left, I'm okay. And right now, of these eight churches, if there's only one church left, it's okay. I have no, no regrets to make your decision. And we have a Zoe Ministry chatting team and chatting room. And so I told them like this. Beloved brothers and sisters. That when the spiritual leader says something, it's for you that the spiritual leader is saying it. You may not 100% understand or 100% agree. And also because... 
Pastor Mike, because he is not an African, he may not understand us. That's true. But what you should know is, is that is that we are for you. Zoe Ministry is for is the truth. And because the uh, someone lifted this up, and so and so uh, this is for you. And then after this, someone left the chat chat room. And we don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when I get back. But when I'm in Korea, uh, several years ago when I was in Korea, we, we were having worship on Thursday and I was ministering. And it was a sister from, not from our church, somewhere else. And I was ministering to her. And I felt like that this sister was too busy. Is someone I met for the first time. So I asked her that on sun, thir Thursday you come here, then what else do you do? So Monday she goes here, Tuesday she goes there, Wednesday she comes here, Thursday she comes to Yobang Church, Friday she goes somewhere else. And so, and so of course she's going, her spirit's going to be too busy. And so I said to her, sister, sister, it's not that I don't understand your passion, but just choose one. Just choose one. As you chase this rabbit and that rabbit, you'll never, you'll end up with none. Okay, um, it's, okay, just dig one well. If this is real to you, then come here. I welcome you. But if this isn't real to you, go somewhere else. Don't waste your time here. I remember that very well. And so, truly, God... He, he is um, we don't have much time left I, I keep saying this to the pastors in Africa that it's time for you to lay your de decision either choose this path or go somewhere else how much longer are you going to diddle and dawdle I'm going to be all in in Zoe ministry then, then, then be all in that is time I've gone through about 500 different pastors in Eswatini. Now, of course, this is nothing in comparison to what Pastor Mino Kim has gone through. But, but no longer, no longer are we just going to let anyone come by. You're either in or you're out. Okay, you got to make that decision. Okay, and so. Everything that I say, Lord, I pray that it would help you to pray for me and also to pray for, pray, I would help you to pray. And so, so receive it in the spirit, hear it in the spirit and, and embody it in the spirit. Okay. So just listen to what I say and, and hear it in the spirit. Amen. Uh, okay. And so when I was in America, as I was a deacon and then from a deacon to a pastor and then to a reverend, I served Korean churches. And in those Korean churches, there would be missionaries who would come. And then so there would be a special night for that missionary, right? And we would sing all of these songs for missionary and, and missionary songs and, and making the mood for, for missionaries. And then there were these, these pastors who would come from Africa, right? Who would wear the traditional African clothing and, and they would come. 
And they would always say this in common, that I love Africa. And that I want to go back to Africa as soon as possible. And they would always say this. And I would think to myself, what are you talking about? America's better. What do you mean Africa's better? I'd rather be in America, right? That's what I would think to myself. Right? Af- America's better than Africa, right? You would think so, right? Because... Right, just in terms of civilization. But, but now, I understand what these pastors were saying. Uh, that's what they're talking about. That, that uh, a widow can understand a widow, right? But anyways, like whenever I come to Korea, uh, the thing that, that always kind of causes hardship is dentists, right? Because I go to the dentist whenever I come to Korea and they always talk about my, my various problems with my teeth. And really, I hope that there would be a dentist at our church soon. Somewhere that I could go in faith, right? The, the, uh, this dentist in faith. This is a prayer topic I really wish you that you would pray for. So there used to be a dentist in Kuro and he's Christian and he would give discounts to missionaries. And so someone connected me to him and I went there and there's so many people at that dentist, right? That 30, 40 people are waiting and I have to ride uh, the subway and switch three, three different stations and I would still have to wait. But the but the treatment is only 10 minutes, right? And then would tell me to come back again. And then I would have to, once again, switch three, three stations. And so, yeah. And so it would take the whole day. And then one time I was waiting there and I came across this married couple and, and I recognized them. They are, um, they are lay members who, 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 who are missionaries in, in Eswatini. They're people that I recognized. And so they are a married couple, lay members who have been sent by this church in Jeonju. So I remember I did invite her to a conference in 2017 a couple of times. But so we met, I met with her at the, at the uh, dentist and we we're talking. And two weeks before they came to Korea, the house that they were living in um, was attacked by robbers, by armed robbers. And so one person would keep watch and three people came in. And so... And with batons, they were beating the, the, these, these missionaries, right, to give, to give them fear, right, to give them fear. And then saying, hey, give everything up. And so they gave everything that they had, all the cash, the wallets, their watches. And, and, and they said, this is not enough. And they said that we don't have enough, anything else. 
And now they're getting ready to torture them. And then so she got on her knees and crying that this is all we have. I'm not lying to you. This is all we have. Crying, saying to... And they start to speak to one another. And then they said that if you report this to the police, we'll come back to kill you. And they said, we will not report this to the police. Okay, if I say this, I don't think anyone's going to come to Africa then, huh? Okay, did I say... Did I make a mistake by saying this? I should only say the good things about coming to Africa, right? Oh, I made a mistake. But she was telling me that this has happened to them two weeks before they came to, back to Korea. And so, and so I asked them, uh, well, so why am I saying this? Is because they said that, oh, so what's your remaining schedule? And they said, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. And then we got to go back. That's where I was inspired. That who knows what's going to happen to them again. And yet they said, we have to go back. This is the heart of a missionary. This is what I wanted to say. Okay, I'm, I, I'm not trying to talk to you about armed robbers or things like that, okay? So listen carefully. Listen in the spirit, okay? That, oh, this is somewhere that we shouldn't go. Oh, Deacon Park, right? Okay, and so I think it's better to talk to... Uh, Deacon Choi instead of Deacon Park because he will go wherever she goes, right? But anyways, I know another missionary. He's a pastor. Okay, his wife is a doctor and she's a he's a pastor and and in 1955, or she. Uh, out of Fuller Seminary, and for she he got a full scholarship going to Fuller Seminary. So he's preparing to go to school there, right? But one night, a couple of his church members came and said, "Pastor." There are people who came from this church called Yongnat Church, and he would say, Pastor, Pastor from our church, we have decided to send you as a missionary. Uh, we prayed with several successors, uh, several potentials, and we think that you are the one. And so how surprised would he be? He, he was getting ready to go to study overseas. And then so they he asked them, when do I have to give you my answer? So he has by tomorrow morning. And then so, so what would he do? He's getting ready to go to school. And yet now they're being asked to being sent as a missionary. And so he prayed to God. And this is the inspiration that God gave. And so this life that you live once, this life that you live but once, it's not my dream, but God's dream. Let God's dream come to pass. And so he went to Yongnuk Church and met with Pastor Han and said, I will go to the mission field. And so after a couple, a little bit of training, in the next year, in 1956, he was sent to Thailand. And he was the very first overseas missionary uh, of Korea after being independent from Japan. And so he continued to be this missionary to Southeast Asia. And then in Chungubik, in 1978, 
he goes and is established as the missionary overseer in Nanjing, China. And so, yeah, he does this great work of providing um, Bibles to China. Yeah, he, he does this work of providing Bibles. And then at 65 years and old, he, he, he retires. And because, of, you know, he's famous, right? He, he, uh, there was a lot of people came to his retirement. And then so one reporter asks him, missionary, if you were to be born again, would you choose this missionary work again? And as he was heard this question, all of his things that ha happened to him throughout those short 10 years, uh, all of those things flashed before his eyes once again. And as he was seeing all of these things, what he felt was is that all of this was God's grace. So he says to the reporter, even if I were to be born again, I would choose the same path. And so this is the same heart for all missionaries. It's the same thing to me. I was born a Christian and I went to church in Korea. I immigrated to America when I was in last year of high school. And I continued to go to churches in America. Many people said to me that you are a pastor. No one said to me that you're a missionary. Everyone said to me, you're a pastor. But when I came to Zoom ministry already, they told me that you're a missionary. And you know, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? It seems like it's getting better to be a missionary. I'm starting to enjoy being a missionary, right? As time goes by, I don't feel as if I made the wrong decision. Even now, I still want to bury my bones in Africa. So after he retired, he got reconnected to Fuller Seminary. but he got invited as a professor for missions to Fuller Seminary. So he wanted to go as a student, but now he's a professor there. And, and they ask him, what should be your salary be? And he says, I don't need a salary. And he says that, that how can I calculate the cost of this joy of salvation? And so the school... The school was surprised because they, they need to give something to put, leave for the records. And so he said, oh yeah, then I want to, then just give me $1 as my salary. And so for five years, the total amount of money he received was $5. And he started to come back to Korea. And so Sergio, you came out of Torchlight, right? And he, he, he taught uh, a little bit at Torchlight. And then 
continually ministered and raised up missionaries. And in 2006, when I came here and received training in 2007, and in 2008, my whole family went to, went to um, Singapore. And we went with Deacon Ming, who is here. She was, a sing- she was single at that time, and she was actually a member of Dindanon Church. But, but we went with her to Singapore. And before we went, I went to California. And in California, I met with that missionary at um, a Korean restaurant in L.A. And so it was really meeting, it was like meeting some great uh, elder. And so he said to me, Pastor Kim, I heard you're going to Singapore. Singapore is very good and you'll enjoy it. And I said, yes. Pastor Kim, yes. that I would continue to pray that you would be a faithful servant of God. So he would speak and I would just hear, right? Because he he is an elder. And and who is he? Okay, if you know too much, you might get hurt. And so for the past 10 years, there were many great difficulties. Uh, but, But God has continued to work um, and and has protected me throughout this entire time, and and uh, honestly, insurance in Africa in Eswatini is so expensive. It's too expensive. Like in America, right? Whether you're married or not, uh, depending on your age, and also your driving record is really important. But Africa is different. What determines? What determines how much your insurance will be is determined by how much your car costs. Now, there is one other factor, which is if you have record of accident. And so for me, because of the cost of our car determines the price of our insurance. I said to them that, hey, I don't drink. I've never had a had a record of of accident and I'm married and I'm and they said that this doesn't matter and so for the most part we do not have insurance we do not have long-term insurance but short-term insurance every now and then and the reason is because insurance is too expensive especially since we're only using the car to go once a week, um, once a week to get groceries, right? And so we're only driving maybe about 200 kilometers a month. And so because we're always in the fence that we built, you know, I don't go anywhere. And so... So, you know, I like my home where I am, and and so I don't need insurance. And several years ago, uh, several years ago, our church has decided to uh, build um, branch branches, right? 
And so in branch, what, 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 um, what's it called? Guangzhou, um, yeah, Pusan, uh, also talking about Texas, right? And Pastor Cho is we're currently in Guangzhou. And so as they were talking about this, talking about building up these branch churches, and so I came out and Pastor Cho asked me, Pastor, and I said, yes. Do you want to be a pastor in America? And he asked me this. And what do you think, what do you think I answered him? I said this. If God tells me to stay in Africa, I'm going to stay in Africa. If God tells me to go to America, I'll go to America. But if God was to give me the choice that I will, I will respect your choice, then I'm going to remain in Africa. Even now, uh, I still feel the same way. And I was talking to Judy a couple months ago. And she said, hey, in this meeting, they're talking about Branch Church in Texas, in America, and also talking about Pusan. And I said, oh, yeah? And then I asked her, what did Pastor say? Uh, they need to establish a church in Pusan, but, but there's no one who's connected to Pusan. And then, <laughs> and then she said, and then she said to Pastor Kim that our father is born in Pusan. I'm not Korea, I'm Africa. And then, so I asked her, what did Pastor Kim say? And Pastor Kim said that, oh, I don't think that Pastor Mike is good for Korea. Yeah, I'm not Korea. I'm for Africa. We have so many things, don't we? We have too much. I've lived in Pozang apartment for a little bit. And I went to Pozang Pozang recently. I went to Pozang apartment recently and I went to the recycling center, right? And seeing how everyone was throwing things away, so many of those things are, are good and useful, and yet they're throwing it away. We have too many things, brothers. And so as I came here, and as I was packing, why do I have so many clothes that I don't wear? I asked my wife, why do we have so many clothes? We don't even wear all these. We have so many clothes. And when I came here, I'm thinking to myself, how are we going to take all this back? And so Pastor Menzi and Gembe, as I was spending time with them, I'm very grateful to them. But especially Pastor Menzi said, said two things very often. He kept saying, very nice, right? It's very nice. 
when he eats kaibi, he would say, very nice. And when he went to look the world, very nice. When he went to Taiso, very nice. Everything is very nice, right? Everything seems nice. But then he would say one other thing. Too much temptation. He says that there's too much temptation. There's too much temptation here. He went to look the tower and Pastor Gembe said to me this, Pastor Mike, I think I'm going to have to pray all night long in cleansing prayer. Really, Korea has so many nice things. Right? It's too comfortable. Even like just snacks. It feels like snack heaven here. Okay, okay I'm about... I'm about 172, and I work hard to maintain my weight of 70 kilograms. And so I don't drink sugary carbonated drinks, but I came here, and I think I drank about five cans of Coke just while I was here. That's more than I've drunk in the past two years in Africa. There's so many snacks, so many sweets. There's so much temptation. Things that I could not eat while I was in Africa. And even if you just go to this mart here, right? Starting from choco pie and to all these different snacks, there's just too much temptation. Too much temptation. So brothers... You are amazing. You are amazing that, that you are here and having, doing your Christian life here while, while seeing all of this and being surrounded by all this temptation. And this is something that I say whenever I come here. But when it comes to Africa, there is this issue of immorality, right? And adultery and Adultery, I don't want to get into detail, but there's really so many things that happen. Even pastors, uh, pastors' wives, right? So much adultery going on. And this is something that we really need to pray for. Okay, because I have to register a car every year, once a year. And so, you know, you go to the office that deals with uh, Department of Travel, I guess. But I went there, and there's people waiting outside in line. And I was waiting in line, and someone in front of me is looking at the newspaper. And I was looking at the newspaper, and on the very first page, what it says is this: is that this pastor uh, impregnated two two women in his church, right? And I, I said, excuse me. If this pastor is on the front page, then he's a pastor of a big church, right? Big church, right? And if it was his wife, then it wouldn't come to the, to the, it wouldn't be front news news, front page news, right? And so that means that this is not his wife. That then I asked, what happens then? And he says that this is just the end of it. That they'll probably, that they'll probably uh, settle out of court. And, and the head pastor will continue to be a head pastor. 
that means that there's so many more things that happen, right? It, it, it. And so I thought to myself, this is something that we really need to pray for. Okay, there used to be this brother named Daniel. Uh, he, he came to our church and and... And this brother was coming to MB, and at that time, I had MB three times a week on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And he would come to the classes on Saturday, and he, he was very faithful. But all of a sudden, he would start to disappear the moment it would end, that I could never find him during lunchtime anymore. So I thought, oh, he's busy. The next week, the same thing happened. And the next week. And then so as I was eating with other pastors, I got curious. It's something that I wanted to know. And so I got curious. And I asked, Daniel is busy these days, huh? That, that he goes without even eating. And as I would say this, all the pastors would stay still. And I re realized that there's something going on. So the next week I asked, I talked to him. I am your leader, right? At the very least, I have the right to know what's going on in MB. And so, Daniel, what's going on? Someone tell me, what's going on about Daniel? And one person told me. And what he says, this is that. That he's setting up a praise team in Mbabane, right? And there's no problem with that. And so it, in this new church, he's going to help set up a new church, church's praise team. There's no problem here. But the problem is, is the head pastor in this new church, because who this person is, is he's someone who was doing a pastor in Eswatini, and he had a wife, but he started cheating on his wife with one of the church members and they ran away to South Africa. And so this church no longer has the head pastor. And so they would welcome people, invite people. And, and so now they started looking for a head pastor. And from South Africa, that pastor contacted them that can I come back to that church? And thankfully, this church rejected him, says that we don't want you as our pastor anymore. But that pastor came back to this church, and, and, and as, uh, not to church, church, came back to Eswatini and, and established a new church, and that church was growing. And this pastor is friends with Daniel. And so he asked Daniel to help build this praise team. And so I, I got angry at that fact. And so the next week, Saturday, I was teaching MB. And the moment ended, Daniel was leaving. And I said, hey, Daniel, come here. Sit here. You're going to Mbobani? Yes. 
to help establish the praise team? Yes. Do you know what that head pastor did? And he looked at me. I said, do you know? And he says, I do know. Then your head pastor will also know, right? Yes, they're both good friends. And so I looked at him. Is your head pastor out of his mind? Your head pastor is worse than the him. If I did, if they didn't know, then okay, sure. Because they didn't know, right? But they know, and yet they go to help him. That doesn't make sense. And so I said, I said, make a decision. If you're going to continue in envy, then stop helping that church. I cannot send you there. But if you're going to go there, don't, don't think of imagine seeing my face again. So I told him to make a decision. And so he said he's not going to go. And I said, thank you. And then so, and so call them, call them that you can't go. So he called. And tell them not just today, but that you can never go back. And so he called and he said, talk to them. And I asked them, what did they say? And he said that he understood. And so I took my phone back and I said, sit. So, so if you're no longer going to go there, that church may call your head pastor, right? If by any chance they ask that, then what are you going to say to your head pastor? Then you've got to be clear that Pastor Mike's told me not to go. It's okay. You can, you can use my name and tell your head pastor that. And he said that he will do so. That I'm going to uh, teach your head pastor what's right. Because he comes to... He comes to... Um, he comes to MB as well. And so I asked him, what did he say the next week? And he said that nothing, nothing. And so hallelujah. But anyways, and so these kinds of things happen all the time, right? Uh, pastors cheating on their wives, uh, wives cheating on their husbands. And I'm saying this not to give you, tell you fun stories. I'm telling you this to pray. Okay. Because as I've been doing MB and serving Swaziland, the thing that I emphasize the most is obedience. As I've been teaching MB and leading Zoe ministry, serving them, the thing that I emphasize is obedience. Because without obedience, nothing can be done. If you are stubborn in my way, you can never do anything, right? Even if, even if they may not... Um, match with me personality-wise. But if they are obedient to the word, that's all that matters. I told them that you cannot, you cannot put your traditions and your customs above the truth, right? Because through the church and through the word, your body is being revolutionized. Your being is being revolutionized. And yet, you're saying that it has to compromise with your customs, with your traditions. No. When the word comes, you need to be obedient. Right? The saints need to be able to be obedient to their pastors. Right? We, we do not. 
We do not preach anything else other than this order. And so the most important thing in missions is not is whether this person is going to be walk with us or not. It's not about whether we can help them, right? That's the reason why we're doing MB. We're not trying to look for people to help. No, we're looking for people who are going to walk with us, who are going to have fellowship with us, preparing for the way of the Lord in these end times, preparing for His way. We are looking for remnant. We are not looking to build up a new denomination and build up these kind. No, 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 no. We're not. These are not the things that we have. Being obedient and going down the same path that we are. So I say to them this, that at any time I may leave. I need to be ready and you also need to be ready for that fact. Whenever, wherever, I don't know. But in your hearts, be prepared. And that time is coming closer, right? And... Pastor Kim says something recently. Where? I don't know. I don't know. But God will give me his good decision, his good determination. We're trying to um, uh, spread out into the center of Africa. And so I looked around Kenya and Uganda, and there's actually a lot of missionaries, Korean missionaries in Kenya and Uganda. Uh, There was a time where I went to Uganda with Pastor Lee. And and there's about 500 Koreans in Uganda, and about half of them are missionaries. But then as we're looking also in Kenya, Uh, I contacted several places as we're looking in Kenya. I sent to Korean missionaries and also uh, to uh, native pastors that we want to have a conference there and are you interested? There's no response though especially from the Korean missionaries. You could see that they've read it, right? But no response. Not a single one of them. Oh, it's not easy, right? It really isn't that easy. And yet, we're continually uh, looking for a well there. There is nowhere to stop. So Kenya, Uganda, Ethiopia. We must go, Amen. One time I was at home and I was reading the Bible and my wife called from the living room and said, hurry, 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 come here. And I said, what? And she, and she looked at the cell phone and she said, oh, isn't this someone that we know? And and while we were in San Diego, California, we were going to a full gospel church and it was a, it was a Korean deacon who was from that church and she became a pastor and she was a missionary in Kenya. And so for three years in Kenya, she was doing this mission work. 
she said that that whatever she would say, the Kenyans would not understand her. That, that they could not understand her. And so I think a lot of... Uh, one moment. Okay, uh, that a lot of gifts came from these Korean missionary organizations. And so she gave these gifts out to the church members. But the next week, no one showed up. Two weeks, three weeks, continuing. No one would show up. Oh, what, what happened? What problem happened? And so she asked them, what happened? That, that they were received this gift. And when they went home, that they needed to return that gift to something else. And so they could not show their face to the church because... And so she went and she said, Oh, no, that's not what it... No, come to the church. You don't have to give us anything back, right? So anyways, like, she would talk about what, what to do, but they would never understand. But after three years, now finally they're starting to understand, and now it's time for her to go back. But anyways... So the Africans, they're very different from us. We think A, but they do not always think the same way that we do. The mentality is different. And also, Afri Koreans are very quick at calculating. Africans are not at that quick at their calculations. They are slower. And as I was Pastor Menzi and Pastor Gembe, you know, we're... we're uh, providing for them and like people are giving them gifts and and so as these gifts come in right they need to put it into their bags right and every single time we're helping them pack that uh, you need to pack it this way uh, you could put it in this empty spot and then pack it this way and then on the very last day Pastor Yu Sang-won came and he said this, is that, oh, pastor, your kids are not Joshua and Judy. These pastors are your kids. That's the kind of help that they need, right? So right now, Jonah and Peter are being trained. Please pray for them a lot. Uh, when I see them, and they are really gifts. It's not easy to find people like them uh, in Africa. Because in Africa, um, this greed is, this greed is very, is very prevalent. And I can understand why, but it's st but still, it's so hard to find these people who are free to the greed for material things. Same thing to pastors. But when I look at them, they're very special because they're not interested in money. Even today, this time, pastor... Menzi, Pastor Kim asked Pastor Menzi, do you need money? And he said he doesn't need money. But honestly, they need money. 
as I said, they have corrugated steel. And, and so when in the hot day, uh, it's really hot in there. It's like a greenhouse. It gets really hot. And when it gets hot, your eyes cannot open, right? And I asked him, do you need any material help? And he says, I don't need it. And whenever I see pastors like that, that really inspires me. Most people, even when they don't need help, they ask for help. Right? But he, even though he needs help, he says he doesn't need help. How, how amazing is that? And during MB, I talk about this greed a lot. And to Peter, I said this too. Peter, you need to be careful of greed. If you fall to greed, that's the end of you. Okay. It doesn't matter how great of a speaker you become. If you still have greed inside of you, that's going to be the end. If you remember, raise your hand, Peter. Really? That there's so many people who fall to greed. And so whenever I say to MB, For this one hamburger that's in front of you, you're going to give up the riches of heaven? That is foolishness. That is stupidity. You need to see the big picture of God and see the will of God and look at the will of God and follow along that. And yet you cast that aside in order to, in order to eat this one hamburger to solve your, your hunger right now? That's stupidity. They, have no, they don't have interest in eternity. They don't have interest in God's will. They're looking to fill their stomach right now. Because they don't know what they're going to eat tonight, that's what they want solved. No, if the spiritual problems is solved, then the physical problems will be solved as well. But if you cast away the spirit, your flesh, your body will also be cast away. It doesn't matter how long you attend church. If you are not interested in eternity, you, it's no help to you. And greed is something that I need to fight against as well. I do not put anything under my name. Okay, the car is not under my name. It's under Zoe Ministry. The land is also under Zoe Ministry, not under my name. Everything is under Zoe Ministry. Why? Because there's two reasons. First, because I'm afraid I'm going to be tempted. If it's under my name, then all. Oh, Pastor Mike, right? I'm scared of that. And then the second thing is, who knows when I'm going to leave? That if there is a successor, if it's under the name of Zoe Ministry, there's no need to change. And honestly, this is more uncomfortable that it's not under my name. Because when I need to do registration, some people will just send it. But other times, I have to make a letter, right, that, that uh, um, um, was notary, notary, right, a letter of notary. And so it's uncomfortable, actually, to do it this way. And yet, I don't do anything under my name. And then the second reason is because of arrogance. Arrogance is really uh, a problem. Africa has this arrogance. Before I came... Uh, I, I met five pastors in order to prepare for this conference in South Africa. And three of them were South Africans. One was Zimbabwe and the other was Botswana. And I asked them, what do you want to eat? And they said, let's go eat Korean food. 
And so we went to go eat Korean food. And I talked to them about the ministry, about this conference and what we need and what we're going to do. And as I was talking with them, I could feel their arrogance. That our country is a great country, right? That our country, that is the country that only in Africa that had World, World Cup. I'm going to go to do MB there one day to show them exactly what Zoe Ministry is all about. Like, why, why are you having this kind of arrogance? But anyways, and so this issue of obedience and then uh, the problem of greed and arrogance. These are the things that I'm watching for. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good they, uh, they are, what kind of sermons they preach, what kind of churches they lead. If they don't have these things, then, then they're failing. And remember, our God is great God. And we speak of His riches. But many Africans, when they speak of the riches of God, they're speaking of money. We do not do this ministry out of money, right? Even this time, Pastor uh, Mino Kim said to Pastor, Pastor Menzi and to Pastor Gembe that Zoe Ministry is not doing all of this because we have lots of money. No, that really all of this is done through the blood, sweat, and toil of, of the church members. We are not doing this out of the riches of our money. No, I say once again to you, that that's not the reason. And once again, I'm grateful that Pastor Menzi and Gembe receive this and understand this. We speak of the riches of God, but when we talk about these things, people think that we have lots of money. And so they come to me. They come to me and they come to me and say that, oh, I need this. So I, I, when I first began MB, I used to give these three warnings. Oh, Zoe Ministry, do not be mistaken about Zoe Ministry, right? That, that we have lots of money because our conferences are free. We provide food. We provide, we provide uh, room and board. Do not think that we have lots of money. Our bank account is always at zero. And yet we are still doing this. Why? Because we're not doing this out of money. We are doing this out of faith. And the second thing is don't try to use Zoe Ministry. Okay, how to use Zoe Ministry to fill your own pockets. Because that, that, there are some people who have this, who, who try to find uh, their own personal benefit. And so at first, it was really hard for me because there's so many of them, so many of them. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And so I, I, I laid a fence and said that, hey, I cannot help you. That hey, we are not, uh, we are not, um, we are not a charity, and and so at first it was really difficult. But after a while, after a while, I, it, my heart was lightened, and as I do this, those kinds of people would stop coming to me, and so it became easier and easier for me to have this fellowship. And then the third thing is, do not rebel, Zoe Ministry. Because when you look at the people who rebel against Zoom ministry, I keep thinking to myself, oh, I don't know what, how they're going to deal with the, the curse that's going to come. So brothers, and so be honest. Zoom, uh, Pastor Mike is a heretic. He 
If someone were to say that, that he's a heretic, then I'd say hallelujah. But the problem is, is that they are attacking me not with the word, but with something else. If they were attacking me regarding my sermons, regarding the truth, then I would know that I would know that things are getting good. But but what tortures me is that people attack me regarding greed. And so there are things that I need to deal with, right? So please pray for me. We have done many conferences and we have gone to many places. But Uganda is where my heart continually is 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 conflicted. We did one conference there and we tried to do another conference but we were unable to. And and so Uganda, my heart has a there's a special place in my heart for Uganda and 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 uh, Pastor Gembe, her her original church is in South Africa. And so I tried to... speak to her how this her system is set up. And so, so she is uh, sent from a church in South Africa. And so I told her, are you going to go all into zone ministry and then cut off with the church in South Africa? And so she cut off. And, and so she's been with me since then. And now her church is open 24 hours as, as a house of prayer. So anyone can come at any time to pray. And so she looks at me as her mother church now. And so uh, sometimes uh, all the offering that she receives, she ties a tenth of that to us. And But anyways, uh, the, her head pastor in Zoe, her head pastor that she was sent from in South Africa was a Ugandan. And so I, I asked to her to let's get contact because we need to go to Uganda. How about the snakes? Uh, I think we've caught about a hundred snakes in, in the area. And, but Pastor, what kind of foods do you want to eat? Tomato, kimbap, um, uh, uh, tteokbokki, and um, the spicy sundubu in, in Tubuga. Honestly, where a lot of my happiness comes from is that is when they receive in obedience the words that I say. Though I, I, I fall short in so many ways, uh, when they hear my words and they receive it. And one time a pastor gave me a letter and in that letter I said that, that they closed their church for a month. And he's been a head pastor for 12 months, 12 years. And so he decided to take a rest. And so for a month, he closed the doors of his church. Then I asked him, what did you do on Sunday? That, of course, we didn't have service.
So I called him. What are you trying to do right now? He said, I'm tired. That I cannot open the doors. That I, and so I told him, then close the doors of your church forever. And, and what do you mean you don't do service on Sunday? You should have Sunday on service. That that you, you come to MB without Sunday service, there's no purpose in MB without the church, right? You need to have worship, and in that worship, the church, if not, then there's no reason to come to MB. And so he contacted me and said, I'm sorry. And so he contacted his church members and had a Sunday service again. And so these kinds of things, right, it really fulfills me. And, and they're very... Um, pure and they're very innocent and they need our help they need our help and so truly i love them and there are many things to hear but i think i've preached about 20 different subjects in mb and one thing i would like to say before we turn to today's word okay it's just one verse it's just one verse so so let, let me just say one thing before i turn to this verse this responsibility that comes with the title of director, right? It comes, it, it comes very heavily. And not just in Eswatini, but also all these other nations in Africa where we're trying to establish zoo ministry and, and the remnant there. And there is this um, burden. And also as Koreans, we have this desire of wanting to, to do well. And so these kinds of things are always oppressing me. And so I keep trying to show something for myself. Even though I keep trying to reassure myself, saying that I don't need to do it, I don't need to do this. And yet inside of me, it's like, oh, don't I need to show something for all these 10 years? Right? I've been in Zoe ministry for 16 years now. Right? And... And they don't, you know them, right? They're not looking for a report of how many people you've gathered, right? Even though I understand that, and yet, I keep thinking that I need to leave a footprint, right? There's this pressure, this, this pressure that comes from being a missionary. I need to be free from this. I need to be free from this. But it, I, I'm not able to be free from this. There is this passion. This, this, this pressure of wanting to do well. And so please pray for me regarding this. Okay, let's look at today's word. It's very simple, just one verse. Okay, so Proverbs 14.4, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Okay, the end of the sermon. Oh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> okay, 
where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. And so oxen, what is this oxen speaking of? It's speaking of the church. If the church, if there is no church, then the manger is clean. What does this mean? Okay, so there needs to be a oxen and there needs to be a manger. And that oxen needs to be raised well and that manger needs to be cleaned. But whether it's the manger or the oxen, they are both the church. And so that means if there is no church, the church is clean. What does that mean? Huh? This is weird, right? So look, um, God has given Zoe ministry a calling. And what is that calling? It is to go out and f- establish the remnant all over the world. And honestly, this calling is not given to all churches. Even though we are not a special church, and yet we have become special. That's the problem. Why? If all churches were doing this, then it would not be the problem, right? But the problem is is that no other churches are doing it. They are falling asleep and they are doing other useless things. And so God is asking us to do this remnant ministry. But so without this being of the church, the church is clean. What does that mean? It means it has no spirit. It is empty. The altar is empty. It doesn't matter how many people may be gathered in that church. The church is empty. And so... A church that has given up to be a true church is no longer a church. It doesn't matter how many people are there. If the truth is not there, the presence of God is not there, the life of God is not there, then they are simply a worldly organization, a religious organization. Even right now, God is looking for the true church. The true church that is responding sensitively to His calling. Thanks be to God that we are listening. And so the more oxen there are in the manger, the better. And who are these oxen? It is the church. And so in this Yorban church, there needs to be many churches. What does that mean? At an individual level, you are all individual churches. You are all churches, churches. Your cell also in your various groups. Your cell is a church. Your youth group is a church. The more of these churches, the better. Look at Africa. In Africa, they, they, many of these tribes raise, ox, raise cows. This cattle is their, uh, is their inheritance. And so cattle becomes a symbol of their wealth. But, and so in the church, there must be many churches. What does this mean? Ultimately, the word of God needs to multiply. Of course, from the altar, the word of truth needs to come forth. But also, the presence of God, the revelation of God that comes moment by moment. This is really important. What is the characteristic of a living church? Is that God is continually speaking to that church. Every moment by moment, speaking, speaking, speaking. Talking about this spiritual state. Talking about what's going on here. Look at Revelation. In Revelation, as he talks to the seven churches, what does he say? He says, to all seven churches, those who have an ear, let him hear. Even right now, we need to hear the words of God. And even right now, God's word is being proclaimed to you. And so you need to be able to hear those words. And so the more that word is there, the better. And so... What church is important? Not the church that has lots of people gathered, but look at the churches. Instead of, even though they may have gathered lots of people, the word of God is empty. 
Even though the word of God is being poured out, there is no life. There is no change. There is no movement of God. Why? Because the word of God does not exist in that church. It's not just in Korea. Look at uh, the churches in, in, in the Korean churches in California. They everywhere you go in the marts, there are sermon CDs, sermon tapes being sold. There's about two thousand Korean churches in 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 California alone. About five thousand Korean churches in America, and yet look at those churches. How many of those churches are alive? None. Why? Because they are not churches. The church needs to say the proclaim the word of God and proclaim the will of God, and the church obeys. And so, when you obey, the word comes, and when you obey again, more word comes. And through this cycle, it grows and grows and grows. And through that growth, through this cycle, there's revolution. And so, he speaks, you obey. He speaks, you obey. And in that obedience, this authority comes. But when you are disobedient, nothing happens. And if I was God, right, it'd be the same. He is not obedient. He is not obedient. Then why would I speak to him? Oh, he is obedient. Then hey, let's 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 talk about things. If I was God, I'd be the same. What does God say to the church? When the church members are witnesses to that and amen and obedient to that, that church will be blessed by God. And is that church where the spiritual system of God will move? Where and God moves through that spiritual system, right? But the word is there, but there's no there's no obedience. Then God cannot do anything there. God cannot work. He has to surrender. He says, "I'm sorry, I surrender." And yet, look at uh, and so how many of these disobedient churches? What are they missing out on? What are they missing out on? But because they are not awake spiritually, they are not aware. And so. When the word that is proclaimed from the altar is being witnessed, then ah, our church is alive. Ah, God is speaking to us. That's what I bless to you to receive. It's because God loves you that He continually speaks to you. I say to the students who come to MB that God has a big mouth. That God has a big mouth. He likes to speak. God is. God loves to speak. He's constantly speaking because he loves you. Because he loves you. Because he wants to let you know his time schedule. That ah, because of this, you need to do this. Ah, because of this, let's pray. Ah, because of this, let's work together. And so you should not feel wearied by this. And so if there is no church, the church will be clean. What does it mean by clean? It'll be empty. It'll be dead. And this is where God's sadness comes. His despair comes here. That there, that there may be many churches, but not many of those churches are true churches. So here, there are no oxen. The manger is clean. But abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. And so earlier it says oxen, plural. Now it's written by ox, singular. And so... In the church, all these churches need to come together. You being of the church, you being the church, and as we become together, we are one. We are one, and so there needs to be lots of churches, but they are one. These churches who are 
established in the truth so that they can go wherever. They can go wherever, all to the ends of the earth. Whether coronavirus comes, they are not shaken. No matter what comes, they are not shaken. These kinds of churches needs to be established in each and every single one of you. And so the church, if they do not turn their ears to the words of God, then there's no reason for you to be stressed. Think about Zoe ministry. Think about Yobang church. Let's say that you are not doing Zoe ministry. Oh, wow, that church will be comfortable, right? will be so easy for a while, right? There will be less things to do for a while. And there will probably be a lot of change, right? And yet... And yet, why are we doing all this? Because we are the true church. As I said earlier, are we doing it because we have lots of money? Or is it because we have lots of people? Is it because we have lots of experience? Is it because we have lots of connections all over the world? No. Your commitment, your blood, sweat, and toils is without all of these things. This is impossible. And so if you do not do Zoe ministry, your church will probably be clean. Your church will probably be calm. You, there probably will be nothing in your church. It will be silent night, holy night. Hallelujah. And yet because we are in Zoe ministry, we hear the cracking of the bones. We hear people saying, hey, pray. Go out, pray. You need, hey, we need you to go to this conference, that conference. You're hearing all of these grinding of the bones. And yet. God rejects those churches that are clean. I have no interest in those churches. But those who are obedient to the word of God, those who are, who are worthy of the dream and will of God, not a church that is only interested in their own desires, no. In revolutions, Revelations, we see seven churches. Five of them are get scolded, and only two are praised. And so these two churches have the time frame of God. How were they able to be praised without, without scolding? It's not possible by human strength. No, in their prayer, though they may have been few in number, they had God's schedule and they had faith in God's schedule. So God gave them their, his schedule and according to the direction that he is leading them because they were following in that direction. That's why they were able to continue to walk down that path with the commitment of a martyr. And so that's why God praised them. It didn't happen overnight. No. And so our church our church, like the church in Smyrna and Philadelphia, I bless you that we would follow that same path. Right? In Smyrna, right? The bishop, Polycarp. Right? What did he proclaim? That for 86 years, my Lord has not denied me. How can I deny him once? I would rather die. And uh, the, the, the executioner who, who burned... Polycarp at the stake, later repents and becomes a Christian. How amazing is that victory? And so I proclaim in faith that our church would be this church with the strong ox, 
We are not to be a clean manger. No, working for God, engaging in spiritual warfare, sometimes having a bloody nose, sometimes breaking our bones, um, comforting one another, engaging in this spiritual warfare, breaking through and in victory. Amen. A church where it's peace, a church that is at Egypt. No, a church that is only in the wilderness. No, we need to get to that Sabbath rest, right? The land of Canaan, going to the promised land. And so let us be victorious every day. Amen. And so where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. The manger is empty, right? And so God has no interest in that kind of manger. No, we're not looking for a church that just gathers people who, just to gather people for numbers sake. No, God is not interested in that kind of church. I say the same thing to the Africans. Do not worry about the numbers of your church. You worrying about them is not going to bring lots more people into your church. And also do not be jealous of these pastors who have mega churches. Think about what it took for that pastor to become a pastor of a mega church. That he proclaimed only the truth and yet millions of people came. No, that's impossible. No, even people who are really in your church will, will leave you when you proclaim the truth. Without, without compromise, if you only preach the truth, people are not going to gather. So think about what that pastor had to do to become a mega church. I'd rather quit being a pastor. And so if you would rather do that, then let's no longer gather. I, I, don't, I don't want to gather. I'll, I'll, I will pack up my bags and leave. This MB is a place for people who want to proclaim the truth with, without compromise. Peter, Jonah. Jonah's back here. Jonah, raise your hand. Okay, I, I have not had much in com with with. Jonah, but I say to Jonah and Peter the same, you are the hope of Africa and on your shoulders, on your lips is rest the future of Africa. And so go back. Don't try to think that, oh, I can just make it happen. No. And so as I gather these trainees, as I look at them, I, I look at them and I see something strange. And I said to them, hey, you. You want to go back to your churches that, that you that after receiving training here, right? Then quit. I said to Peter the same thing. Your father is a pastor, right? And so you're just gonna get training here and then go back to your go back to your pastor or your, your father's church, then quit. I don't want that. That's not what I want. If you're going to be in Zoe ministry and you're going to be ordained in Zoe ministry, then you need to be separate from your father. Why? Because you are going down different paths. Then of course you're going to be separated. If you are not going to be separated, then why come to Zoom ministry? Why get trained in Korea? You don't need it. You need to be separate from your father, okay? If you think you're going to receive an inheritance from your father, no, don't. That's not what Zoom ministry is about. And so... Uh, abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. And so, again, written in the singular. And this ox are men, right? 
Oh, not men, sorry, remnant. Namanja, remnant. <laughs> remnant, not... Wait, what? Okay, no, is it men? No, okay, it is men. <laughs> okay, I'm not telling you to look down on women, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But the men need to rise up. Okay, men need to become more sensitive spiritually. And do not forget that you are the priests of your family. And so through us men, we need to receive what pleases God. Like uh, tigers, men, you need to roar, not purr like cats. And so through the men, the influence of the church needs to grow. Now, God is interested in the men. The men are the leaders. The men are the head. And so even now, God is trying to train the men and has more interest in the men. And so men, I'm a man as well. Men, do you think it's by coincidence that we are here in Yoban Church? Do you think that we just all of a sudden ended up here following, following after whatever happened in our lives? No. God's will and purpose is in your life. And that's why you are here. That's why you are being trained. And you have met this great pastor and being trained under him. And so let us be more vigilant. Let us be more prepared. Amen. And so really, Zoe ministry is about raising people. And so it requires a lot of time, a lot of, a lot of resources, and a lot of patience, a lot of struggles, a lot of breaking through. This is something that would not happen in an average church. And this is not something that just anyone can do, is it? But really, God has poured out this amazing anointing, uh, truth, and continually renewing the life of Jesus inside of us. He is providing such vast riches to us. And so let us enjoy it and use it and embody it and be completely revolutionized. I bless you. Amen. And so we need to stop calculating gain and loss. Okay, we need to stop thinking about gain and loss. Business, our Zewi ministry is not business. What God is looking for is remnant. He is not looking for a businessman. And I'm not talking about businessmen. Okay, I'm talking about this, this attitude of a businessman. Okay. Okay, you cannot be used by God if you are a businessman. Right, and what you understand what I mean, right? A businessman who calculates gain and loss, profit and loss, right? And so when I was selling this land, many people came, and and there's these two pastors who came interested in the land, and I asked them what they're about and what they're doing, and they're talking about what we're doing and. And so we talked and I started talking about remnant. And he was listening well. And so I said to him, God is looking for true servants. Not, not businessmen who are only looking for their own benefit. And what this pastor said is this. That uh, there, 
there was this special pastor, a famous pastor, and, and he asked, oh, uh, would you come to our church and preach on Saturday and Sunday? And he said, I will come. But he also sent his bank account information and, and for this much money, right? And I looked at him and I said, Pastor, that you are not meeting people as a pastor. You are meeting a businessman. And so you should get away from these kinds of people. Pastors should interact with other pastors, not with businessmen. Because with businessmen, you'll get influenced by that and you'll start to look for gain. We are not focused on profit and gain. We give no matter what, even the loss. Right? Paul says in Acts 27. That, that, that you would, uh, I don't know the verse, but, but uh, that giving is more of a blessing than receiving. And so, abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. What is the characteristic of an ox? The ox has strength. What does this mean? This means that the church needs to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Men, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, overflowing with the Holy Spirit wherever you go, roaring like a tiger. Zoe ministry needs you. Zoe ministry needs your prayer, needs your commitment, needs your breath, needs your uh, offering, needs your commitment. That I have given you my son. And, and so the Lord speaks and says to us, the ox is not as fast as a horse, but has strength. Right? We're raising a dog, and this dog is a eunuch. And so he doesn't have his wildness. But we have this fence, right? And behind that fence, uh, there, there, there would be Lots of wild growth, right? And then so cows would come to graze. And then so this dog, whenever I look at him, the dog would look at me. And would start, would start barking, right? Would start barking. But then... When the, do- when the cow would lower its head and show its horns, the dog would run away scared. Because he's scared that the fence is going to be broken down. So should I cook that dog? I don't even like dog meat. <laughs> but anyways. But these cows, right? Not only do they have size, but also their horns. And really, if they ram into a car, the car will will get will get um, knocked over. But anyways, one time I took this dog for a walk on the leash, and there was a lot of do- a lot of cows coming by next by, and and I was going I wanted to see what this dog what this dog would do because he would bark at the cows whenever they came by the fence, but but the dog would not do anything. Uh, the dog didn't bark, didn't even get close to those cows without the fence to protect him. But anyways, and then so uh, it says abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. And so God has given me four inspirations regarding this verse. So first, 
God grants us an abundant crop. And whenever I read the Bible, all of a sudden, this, this, this word fruit continually came into my eyes. Harvest. And so the first harvest, the beautiful harvest, the bad harvest, the good harvest, the harvest of praise, the harvest. I, I looked at where all these harvest words are throughout the Bible. I read the entire Bible. And, and God has much interest in this harvest. And so in Luke chapter 12, the, 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 the fig tree that cannot uh, bear fruit for three years, right? Of course, this is talking about repentance. And so again, what we can see is God is interested in the harvest. And what is the harvest? It is the remnant. The disciples of Christ are the harvest. And that is what we are doing right now. If you look at Luke 17, he either said 10 or 17. But he says that I am the good shepherd. But there are still sheep that have yet to enter into my flock. And what is this? This is the, rep, the ministry of the remnant. There are a remnant that needs to enter into this flock and they are not yet here. And so we need to bring them here. To be with us. This is the ministry of the remnant. This is God's command to us. And so, God is looking for this harvest. And so many foreigners came recently, right? 60 from all over the world. They are the harvest. Harvest is love. Harvest is love. It's not, it's not money. Or, sorry, not love. It's people. Harvest is people, not money, not buildings, not organization, but people. And then so the second thing is giving glory to God. Remember that we need to achieve God's calling to us. God's will and plan and promise for us is amazing. And yet the church entered into this powerless state and was unable to do God's calling. And so that's why God has set aside his remnant, Zoe ministry, that will you at least do this? That will you be able to do this for me? He is groaning and mourning. We must know the heart of God, brothers. As we look at the church, no, know the heart of God that looks at the church and is broken. So, Tuan, let's go to Africa. Tuan, I cannot go alone. Speak to your wife, okay? That let's go. Kimbi, where are you? Yeah. Hey, you, are you ready? Oh, she's not answering. In 1 Samuel chapter 6, you see the cow, the cow that goes to Bessemus, right? Taking up the load, leaving her calves behind and doesn't go to the left or to the right, but goes straight to Bessemus. And at the end, what do they do? They use the cart as firewood and, and offer that cow as an offering to God. That is the image of the church. And that is where we're going. We're going to Bessemus crying, leaving our calves. Aren't you grateful? I'm grateful. Sometimes I think this way. What am I? Who am I? 
that I'm used, that I have this honor to be a missionary. There's so many people who are younger than me, who can speak English better than I do, who have better talents than me. There's so many people all over the world, people who have better faith than me, who preach better than me. And yet, and yet by the grace of God, am I being used as a missionary? And so when I think about this, I cannot help but come to tears. And so the third thing is look at God who fills us with his reward. That to the church that is obedient to his word, he fills with the reward of glory. God is looking for those who are obedient to him. Just as the meek will find the earth. God is looking for those. God will give Uh, The kingdom of heaven to those who are obedient. The Bible tells us the results of everything. And we already know the schedule of God. We know the conclusion. But the problem is, is the process, the way there. The journey. The journey is the issue. The destination is already is already set before. And so we see that goal of glorification. Then we're going down sanctification to be glorified. Engaging in spiritual warfare, going out on missions, right? Praying, repenting. And then the fourth thing that God gave me is that what we gain is multiplied. In King James Version, it says much increased, that that is abundant, it is overflowing. Uh, a couple of days ago on Friday, that African team came to worship the Sabbath at Pastor Kim's house. And we ministered to Pastor Philemo and gave prophecy. And it was a very blessed time. And at that time, Mrs. Cho said to the Africans like this, that when you are served like this, do not be sorry. That when we serve, we are grateful to serve. Why? Because through serving you, we are blessed by God. And so you receiving the service is blessing. We serving you is blessing. And so we are both blessed. You are blessed. We are both blessed. And so we are both the source of blessing. And so there's no reason to feel sorry. There's no reason to feel inferior. There's no reason to feel indebted. There are times where it's hard. There are times where we're divided. There are times where we are mistaken. There are times where we do not understand one another. And yet, and yet, we can continue to go down this path because we know the conclusion. And we will keep this burden. Amen. We will keep running this race. Amen. And so, we are not alone. We are never alone. God is with us. Amen. So shall we sing a song all together? Deacon Teung earlier was talking about the love of God. And so we would like to, I like to sing this song again. And so can we sing these two songs? Jesus, we thank you. And also my love towards God. I remember the confession of David.
Lord, who am I? Who am I that you are that I am here standing before you today? Whether you go out as a missionary or you pray for those missionaries here in Korea. We are all so precious. God has called us in His dignity and has given us His truth, given us this church, and given us each other and this great pastor. Those who are out in the missions, in their own standards, it's not easy. And those who are here, it's also not easy. It's not easy. And yet, and yet the reason why we can stay the path is because the Lord is with us and He fills us with grace. It's not because of who we are, but because of who He is. It's not because we can do something, but because God does it for us. It's all by the grace of God and all in His love. And so once again, what can we give you, O God? Lord, we want your will to pass. That is our confession that we want to love you love Zoe Ministry and love Yabang Church that you have emboldened us so that we can lift up this confession confidently. Lord, Lord, may your will be done. And so as we pray, once again, use us, Lord. Use us as instruments of your righteousness that as a fire arrow thrown into the city, Lord, use us, use us, that your will be done, that your will be done. Let us pray all together. Everything is your grace. Everything is your love. Lord, Lord, those of us who have been broken down, those in our weakness, you have called us. You have called us and poured out your love upon us. And so, Lord, with this love, this unending love, this word that speaks to us, that continually shows us the way to go, that leads us, that gives us, corrects us, and comforts us. Lord, we thank you once again for this endless grace. It's all because of you, Lord. It's all possible because your pillar of fire, your pillar of cloud has led us. Lord, your word has made all this possible. We lift all the glory up to you and we confess with our lips, we love you. We love you, Lord. Receive all the glory, all the praise. Lord, we lift it up to you, Lord. We lift it up to you, Lord. Receive all the glory. Receive all the honor. And Lord, once again, we lift our lives up to you. May we be a living sacrifice. Use us, Lord. Use us, Lord. Father God, use us, Lord. Help us to be awake. Help 
us to be awake and to cry out to you, to be your vessels. Help us to forgive. Help us to forgive. All the glory, all the honor, I lift it up to you, Lord. I lift it all up to you, Lord. May you be glorified. Hallelujah. I want to pray for one more thing. I want to forgive one another. I say again, pray for me. Because myself is so strong. It's still not easy. But I am determined that when I go back to Africa, I'm going to forgive. And I believe that God will help me to sustain this determination. And so, brothers, how about you? Forgive. And be forgiven. When you think of eternity, honestly, nothing on this earth matters then. But as if we throw away the riches of the kingdom of heaven for one hamburger, we're unable to see the blessing of God because of my desire, because of my ambition. Lord, forgive us. As you said in the Lord's Prayer, that, that if you are, do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. That if you do not forgive, I cannot answer your prayers. If you do not forgive one another, then our Father in Heaven will not forgive you. So Lord, this is your warning to us. And yet, too many times, in our self-centeredness, we have given this excuse and that excuse. Though we want to be forgiven, we refuse to forgive one another. And so, Lord, I know that this is not something that you are hearing anew. This is something that you have heard many times from many pastors. But this is the inspiration that God is giving me to say again to forgive one another. And I know that God is also working to me, but also in you. Let us forgive one another. Let us forgive one another. You will be free. You will be free. Forgive one another. Do not allow these shackles to bind your ankles any longer. Do not deceive yourselves any longer. Stop making excuses. Let us forgive. Let us forgive. Let us pray all together in spirit. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us in our weaknesses. Forgive us in our hardships. Lord Jesus, you came and died on the cross, though they mocked you. You prayed for them, prayed forgiveness for them. 
And so, Lord, as we remember that, Lord, forgive us of our weaknesses and help us to forgive one another. There have been many events, many hurts, many wounds. But, Lord, work in your grace to forgive one another. May we have the heart of Jesus Christ that we would see the bigger picture, the bigger picture of God, Lord. Help us to see eternity. Lord, we cannot do it on our own strength, but through the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. May your words work within us. May your spirit invigorate us. Lord, we want to be determined to forgive one another, to forgive one another. As you have commanded us, let us forgive one another. Lord, may our forgiveness and love really embrace everything. Love, embrace everything so that we would be powerful warriors that would know the heart of God going out and taking captive everything that goes against the word of God. May your heart once again fill us up. We confess once again that your heart dwells within us. Help us to forgive. Help us to forgive. Be free, be free. You shall be loosened even more. Be free. You shall be forgivers in Jesus Christ. Be forgivers in Jesus Christ. Be free, be free. Rise higher, rise higher. Be more like Christ. The love of Christ shall strengthen you. The love of Christ shall strengthen you. Thank you for your grace. You do not leave us alone as orphans, but are always, always at our side, wanting to hear from us, speak with us, and touch us. You are faithful. And so, Lord, we lift up our entire being to you. And in this worship, we lift ourselves up as living sacrifices, as a burnt offering, as a forgiving offering, as a, as, as a, as a, as a, a fellowship offering. Receive us, Lord, through this worship. May we go closer to you and be more like Christ through this one worship to speak and act and move as you do. And that through us, that the fragrance of the life of Christ would flow throughout the world Be with this offering today that to those who have given, Lord, may those hands be blessed, blessed to give more and more. And that wherever they give, that the life of Christ and the glory of Christ would be revealed. And may they be filled with more. And with that, may they let it flow more and more and more. Lord, who knows all, the, all our needs, 
in their life, in their commitment, in their determination. Father, may you be pleased with their sacrifice and work and bless to them. May you receive all the glory. And now, by the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, and to the spirit of fellowship, to the saints and, 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 and those who are determined to be witnesses all over the world, upon their work, upon their family, to all the Christians who call upon the name of Jesus Christ and upon Zoe ministry and upon the church and Yerban church, may this blessing rest more now and forevermore. Amen.